Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever recording of Kulmok Horror. If you're like me and you're listening to a human voice, your thoughts might be, what the hell do you want? Why should I care? And who even are you anyway? Well, I'm glad you asked. I want you, know, you to know that my friends and I love stories, telling stories, retelling stories, sharing stories, and creating stories. We live with stories. We learn from stories. We grow with the principles learned from stories. We are stories. As such, we wanted to start a show to discuss and enjoy some of our indigenous stories, to nourish our relationship with them. Now, if you're like me, the most interesting part of all your favorite stories are the freaky and badass monsters. In Holmok Horror, we will be diving into another realm of spooky stories as we read about creatures, monsters, and things that go bump in the indigenous night. It's funny. It's spooky. And best of all, it's educational. Most of all, we do it for the love of these stories, our communities, and our histories. We're not heroes for passing these stories along, but it's okay if that's what you want to call us. Otherwise, we have names. With me here tonight, the voice on the coast from the Cholmok with the most. Good day, good universe. My name is Tyrone Elliot. My ancestral name is Tuwahuol. I am Snanemoch and Cowichan. I'm among the hugest dorks, nerds, but also somehow cool people you'll ever meet. And I'm here to party. And seated across from Tyrone is the Ojibwa brother with the vocals like butter. Christopher Cushane, Long Plain, First Nation, Treaty One Territory. Aho! <laughs> and myself and these two fine young cannibals will be your host on tonight's show. Ain't the Snat Jackson Wiley? Ain't the Pat Sialstan? Tanitsanaf Shemanus? Ait Kunasit Lamnala? Ait Kunent? Thitwam Huyenam? Holmo Horror. Enjoy! The story told today contains some ableist language and dated treatment of differently abled people. While we do not ourselves support some of the language and treatment in the story, we felt it is important for discussion to reflect on some of our past that we are not so proud of. Viewer discretion is advised. Uh, that was an intrusive thought. Around his waist. <laughs> I'm being laterally violent. <laughs> you ever pissed your pants? <laughs> Um, I guess we should say our names. And then I'll just um, say, like, yeah, my name's Chris. Or... <laughs> I'm not Chris. Come on, I mean, we need fake Cut. names. Do we need fake names? <laughs> I appreciate the yeah. laughter from the back. <laughs> this yeah. is my first podcast, everybody. <laughs> A little nervous, guys. Yeah. It's my first day on the job. Um... What if we could have, like, the studio audience? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is Jackson Wiley. <laughs> we love him. So. Chris, boo. No. <laughs> Why are you booing me? <laughs> you, you drove me here. Okay. So before we dive in, I just want to give a little shout out to our boy George Seymour, elder of Shimanus, and a relative of ours. Uh, this story comes from telling of his, not Chris's. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> sorry, bud. Uh, it's published on the School District 68 website. If you want to go hammer that with a click, uh, shout out to our boy Scott Kaleno. Squail, and welcome to tonight's show. From as far south with our cousins in the Puget Sound, to the east with the Interior Salish, also known as the Flatheads. Up through our coast Salish country to the Korkwala, 
and west to the New Channel, continuing north through Tlingitur and up into Heltzik land, and probably even beyond that, lies a story of a violent and monstrous creature. Female in figure, though giant and hideous to behold, this creature carries many names. Thokolets, Zanaqua, Thokhea, Kalkil, or as British anthropologists have coined, the Basket Ogress. Although there are some changes to the telling of this story across the hundreds of thousands of square kilometers minimum that it spans, one thing persists. And that one thing is that it has been used to scare the shit out of children since time immemorial. Ty, hit him with the pan indigenous. dark or like yeah. scary stories your grandma told you stories as scary as your grandma's boobies <laughs> <laughs> that's super scary okay here's my scary voice <clears throat> when i think of the basket woman thokilets is her name ecolets is the old dead fish they're still alive so that tells me the ecolets were her favorite food she's a woman or Sasquatch, I guess. You could say, a basket woman that journeyed around the villages, watching for children that didn't listen, or they were out after dark. So this particular story is one. It's called Thokalitz. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> All right, so what do we know about this gal, this crazy lady here? Before we <laughs> dive into her a little bit, I thought we'd kind of situate ourselves in like the uh, time and place of the area. Oh. So let's talk about like the Pacific Northwest pre-colonization before Manifest Destiny was even a twinkle in a Juanitum's eye. It would be a lot different when oh. you're in the woods there than here in the night. Oh yeah, that reminds me of that one time actually. I went camping with this girl one time. But she told me like most, I think every indigenous person has always had that same thought though, which I found is super interesting. And then... I don't even know where I'm going with this, but what I keep thinking about where I was in the time was Jordan River, BC, um, being stuck on one side of the river. Like, say, when the high tide comes, that was your time to stay, and then low tide comes was your time to cross, and if you missed that while traveling with people, that would invite certain things, like certain spookiness or certain things to go wrong in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that uh, with you, and I don't know, I just that that's where I kind of felt that setting of things like this happening. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, like back when, like, it is dark, you know what I mean? Like, you're supposed to be at home, like, kind of like when you do, like, streetlights. Streetlights are on, streetlights are on, you gotta come home because bad stuff will happen to you. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of vibe I was feeling, like, mm-hmm. well, next to a fire, too. Like, still dark enough to be scary, but... 
Yeah, it reminds me of, um, you know, when we were younger and we were, we were camping, and it, there comes that hour where it's it's not even starting to get dark yet, but you can tell it's coming. Mm-hmm. And there's just, like, that wind. There's the rustling. There's the, there's the indication that things are about to get really fucking scary. Or the temp drop, too. Like yeah, temperature the, drop. the temperature drop. Or maybe not even the wind, but this, the cessation of the wind. And it probably was just like that all the time. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. until white folk came along. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> that brought its own horror. <laughs> sorry, that, just, that was just my own hurt coming out. Sorry. Yeah, I think about like the ecology at the time. Like some of these stories are actually like the depth of time you'll see in them. Like you'll see things like giant mammals and giant beavers and monsters like you know 10,000 years ago in North America those creatures like those animals were here walking around like so I think you know endless like as far as the eye can see old growth forest with giant creatures and monsters going bump in the night oh 100%, 100% yeah. yeah like you talk about like the oxygen levels that support that type of like life existing so for sure, there's got to be some sort of crossover where it did actually happen. You don't even need to go back that far because of they called it environmental catastrophe. Like, 200 years ago, there were sturgeon in the river. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're pretty harmless, but they're scary looking. Giant, giant yeah. fish. Mm-hmm. And think about, uh, like, the different weather I think of. Like, think of how summer, or sorry, winter now is sort of so long and gray and dark. And the night's, like, so long. But imagine, you know, it was colder, grayer, wetter. It's nice and bleak. <laughs> nice and bleak for you as we, as we sort of think about the land where these people are having these experiences. But not today, actually. Today, we're in Sermanus, where my people are from. And uh, we're sitting on a beautiful sun-drenched bay. The children are basking in the sun, playing for hours on end digging up clams and fishing at a nice passive rate, finding snacks and things to nibble on and chasing each other on logs. And Salmon berry shoots. Yeah. Yes, it of course. It really feels like spring is here. Here we go. <coughs> okay, scary guy voice. All right, so this means... Down in Staminus. The story is from Staminus in the summertime. The tide was low, and that's where the playground was for the children mainly because they were there most of the day and they were able to eat raw clams, even oysters. Or they'd make a fire, steam the clams open, with the oysters open and eat that. So that was the playground during the day. And then they ate, they fed themselves. Some time went on and the tide started coming in. So they moved their games into the forest, hide and go seek or whatever, whatever the kids play and the older children knew that they were supposed to be in before dark. Have all the younger children in, but they're having so much fun enjoying themselves, playing hide and seek or whatever, they lost track of time. Next thing you know, it was too dark. They tried to find their way back out of the forest, but all the trails led to a dead end, and they couldn't find their way out of the forest, their forest. The younger children were whining and crying. The older children tried to keep them quiet. They couldn't. They wouldn't listen because it was dark and they were afraid of the dark. 
And they told them, You have to keep quiet. Keep them. Because that's how Cocolets. Cocolets are snake. She lives up in the mountain, and if she hears you, she'll come and take us away. But the little children were so scared. They kept getting louder and louder. Their whines, their cries, and. Oh, wait. I missed a spot. I'm always missing the spot. This is where a young girl, she was crippled, and when the community would go harvesting, sometimes they're gone for days or weeks. They had to leave this one young lady that because she was crippled, she couldn't walk properly, and she had a hunchback. So this young lady would go down to the beach on a nice day. She'd be quietly crying to herself or feeling bad for herself because she couldn't walk. She could even join the rest of the community in harvesting their food. And Thogolets would come snooping, snooping around. She'd always see this young girl down by the beach. One day, she decided to talk to the young lady. She says, Thogolets, I live up the mountains. Don't be scared of me. I won't hurt you. I come to ask you for if you want to come live with me. Will not be lonely anymore. I'll take care of you. You don't have to worry about food or anything. I'll take care of you. You don't have to worry about And she said the right words to the young lady. Thoklet said, Can I name you? Little sister. And the young lady agreed. So Thoklet called her little sister. And sure enough, she took her up to the mountain where she lived. And we get back to the children again. The children were crying. And the older kids couldn't help. But you know, hearing the kids get louder and louder. And sure enough, Thokalypse up the mountain hears the young children whining, crying. And she says, Oh, little children, playing my forest after dark. So she loads her huge basket. Make sure it's oiled inside with seal grease or, or whatever she uses. So that the kids couldn't climb out of there. So she loads it until she tells the little sister, I want you to build a fire. A huge bonfire. Because I'm going to the dance. Before I leave. I hear some children crying and whining in my forest. After she loads her giant basket on her back, two straps, shoulder straps, and the head strap. Ah, uh, and she goes running down the mountain. She was so huge, her earth was shaking. Then, as she gets closer, she starts to tiptoe. She can hear that she was close to the children. She was in the fir trees. She rips a bark off the fir tree, because the fir trees were big back then. And the fir tree bark was easy to rip off from. She just ripped it off, and she went over to the kids and says, Oh, my children, you must have been playing all day with naughty I have some smoked fish for you. I know you must be hungry. Come on. Sure enough, the kids were hungry. 
So they all went close. She also took the pitch from the, the balsam trees. She put the pitch and rubbed it in their eyes. So the children couldn't see where they were going. And she loaded them all in her basket. They had no place to run because they couldn't see. So they stayed close. And Thokolitz put them in all in her basket. Then she was happy going up the mountain, walking fast. She finally reaches home up the mountains and tells little sister, Oh, you have a nice fire going. I'm tired. I want to have a little rest. And uh, before she fell asleep, she said, Oh, gather some drumsticks. Gather some more dry wood. Put it on the floor. She unloads her giant basket and leans it against a huge cedar tree. And she kneels down. She flops down and starts snoring instantly. So she started snoring. And uh, the little sister went over and helped the children out of the basket and said, You have to go find two drumsticks. You're going to sing for Thokolitz. And then, that's what they did. They found some nice drumsticks that were clappers, loud clappers. And she says, also, find some sticks that are about eight feet long, maybe ten. And they ask them, what are you going to use them for? You'll figure it out after. Sure enough, they were all ready. So she snooked them back into the car, to the basket. Sure enough, um, Thokolitz woke up. She stood up and stretched her arms. She said, Oh, good. Let's get the children out of the basket. They're going to sing that beautiful They're going to drum with those sticks. I'm going to dance before I feast. So the kids all lined themselves around and they started to sing the song. They started off slow. And Thokolid says, Yes, Dito. Faster. Yes, Dito. Faster. Harder. Louder. So they start singing this song faster and faster. Louder and harder. And Thokolitz starts to dance. And then she starts to spin. And then she said, Faster. And the faster she spun, the bigger the flames were on the fire. And then one little sister was ready, signaled some of the kids, and some of the little kids Yay. went behind Thokolitz. And she went and pushed Thokolitz, and she landed in the fire. And she was on fire, she goes, Help me! Help me! I'm burning! I'm burning! The little kids grabbed their long stick. They all held her into the fire, pressing her down. stories along the coast. Sometimes they're beautiful birds. Sometimes they're bees. But in this case, mosquitoes. So to this day, mosquitoes still come and take blood from you. So that's all part of the Thokolitz story. Thokolitz once looked for children that didn't listen. It's been Asmer with Chris Corshay. Choo 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 choo
see ya. You can thank Chris Domenus for mosquitoes when you're camping. Hey, whoa. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Domenus. <laughs> what? <laughs> we killed that monster. <laughs> you're free and welcome. Yeah, you killed the monster and then released West Nile on the world. It was your problem. Now it's everyone's problem. <laughs> Before, all Thelkowitz was doing was taking care of a disabled child. See, I don't know why she had, like, we couldn't well, take her. I don't know why we couldn't take like, her. We... Yeah, but, like, some of these stories sometimes are, like, social norms or lessons learned in there. So I wonder, for me, I think this story is kind of, like, pushing back on the idea of leaving her for being disabled. I think it's kind of saying, like, hey... This is a time we got it wrong, and uh, this this young girl actually has a lot of value to the community, and she was able to ultimately save us. So I think it kind of like actually pushes back and says that like differently abled people are valuable, and we ought to ought to kind of respect what they can bring. Yeah, I tend to agree. The way that our governance and communities were structured was more so based on what people can do, and not necessarily about what they couldn't. What, it, what what initially stands out to you from the Filkalet story? Or what do you think she looked like? Maybe oh. that that one. Like, what do you Ooh. think this b looked like? Sorry, this sheet. woman. No. Sorry, this person. Sorry. Sure. I picture like a strong, like sniffer, something like one of those isosceles triangle types. Curly hair, maybe a bandana. Um. I'm, I'm in between like purchased trade cloth and like leather skin like with a cheap belt like Rambo first blood when he put that little tarp around his neck sorry uh, that was an intrusive thought around his waist <laughs> I'm okay I'm, well, I'm okay <laughs> anyway this episode brought to you by mental health right oh probably shoes yeah I'm glad you put it like that Chris because that's really not what I was thinking Maybe not necessarily of most of the body, but I think like, you know, like my second grade teacher, she had this saggy skin on the back of her knee. And on our second day in class, she took her skin and she stretched it out. And like, this might be my little kid memory, just exaggerating things. But I swear it was like two feet from, from, from her foot, from her leg. And... When I think of Thokolich, I just think of like saggy skin and like creaky body and like wet and damp and moist hair. And that's plenty scary for me. Jackson, what do you think she looks like? Yeah, I have a cheat. I know what she looks like, but uh. Oh. Yeah. My ex wife! Oh, hey! oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Yeah, I found it interesting that Thilkalitz uh, has like her lips pursed, like she's doing like a so she's got her lips like kind of pointed out. But as far as appearance, I kind of picture like she's pretty lean and long like limbs, but she's got like just enough of a big gut just to like tell you that she's not eating children out of starvation or like because it's such a hard time. It's just really out of the love of the kid flesh that she's there for. I think of like dancers and how they move but just like fast. Well, what kind like, of dancers one of those like oh twitchy and lyrical yeah. dancers she right? definitely has a loincloth and a constant plumber's crack <laughs> a big stinky one too that's like... it's a big butt crack <laughs> oh my god it's a butt oh, crack <laughs>
I just want to take a second here right now to point out that the Couchin version of the story mentions her big scary boobies swinging around, and I think that makes it a lot more rear, real and spooky for me. Vocalitz is really the sound that I make when I see him. Vocalitz! <laughs> <laughs> <Just> everywhere? Vocalitz <laughs> yeah. everywhere. She's actually on the verge of just like a full out jammer heart attack at all times, Vocalitz. <laughs> That's where she talks like that. Just cough it. You know, Thokolis could just talk like... One time she just decided to go talk to the young lady. She says, I'm Thokolis. I live up the mountains. Don't be scared of me. I won't hurt you. I've come to ask you if you want to come to live with me. And you will not be lonely I anymore. I was just wondering... You know what I mean? Like one of those things. That's scarier to me. I think so too, right? Like, I, I don't yeah. respond well to kindness. Fuck this bitch. I feel like you're it's about to me. tell me to put my dog on a leash. And <laughs> and it's <laughs> I just find it funny. Yeah. <laughs> Can you but notice all you kids are playing here with no yeah. adult? Do you live here? Like, I where see are you from, really? Yeah. Do you live in this building? Like, which which apartment? Yeah. Just some call her Karen. Others <laughs> Cinecla. <laughs> The story. Some other tellings of this story are much more gruesome, even though this one was still pretty aggressive. Did she like rip their eyes out? Uh, I think she's putting the pitch on their eyes to s- sort of seal in all that good juicy goo oh, as they're gonna yeah. cook oh, over a spit. Like sweet. I think it's like gummy goodness, good gummy seasoning, and she's like getting that medium like, rare. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you think Thogulitz was like a pretty good cook or what? Like, did it taste good or, you know, would people come try it? think so people eat like lamb right true yeah like maybe she had a cooking show like that dude with the flame shirts and the hair oh my gosh guy fury guy fury guy fury, fury. Guy, fury. <laughs> guy, fury. <laughs> fury. are you fucking poking like what the fuck did guy fury do to anybody he just wanted to make sure yeah. we ate good yeah why we is it a low. crime to have a cool haircut <laughs> right? these are not the first kids to the let's is oh, so in other stories, do the kids get cooked? Uh, I mean, if they didn't listen, yeah, yeah, because right. that would definitely people be an have existed before this story. Yeah. How many kids is people that eat? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, stop crying! I give you something to cry about. It covers like you know what's now central like coast of BC all the way down into like Puget Sound. At least mm-hmm. that's just where we found it. I mean, How personally, many? I think the coolest is the. Oh. We'll cut that out. More. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say, you just put a beep on it, it'd be funny. Sometimes, you know, these like freaky stories are like, uh, they're like rules and laws. Like, this is how you teach the rules and the laws to the kids. So, like, if you were telling the story as a way to teach your kid, like, a lesson or like some sort of way to keep them in line and behave right, like, what do you think are some of the some of the lessons in this Stokelet story. Ooh. <clears throat> so I'll go back to the camp thing. Uh, leaving the light area that the campfire gives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel that. Like, I get paranoid. I don't say nothing, but like, that's when they're going to get me. Like, when I zip down my pants and start peeing <laughs> on my campsite, yeah. that's when they, something's going to scratch me or take me. Like, that's what it thinks about, like, that, that safety area, mm-hmm. that light, when it stops. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to what we started talking about, which was the that feeling right before it gets dark, but it's still light out, but you know it's going to be dark, and you know it's going to be scary, and you know 
that like the winds picking up or stopping at an opportune time to look at that song oh my god but I think just like as a cautionary tale to kids of like don't go after dark something's gonna grab you and eat you that's a pretty good thing to probably teach your kid in a I mean they do that nowadays yeah, like true. stay out after dark and somebody's gonna grab you just <laughs> true. Nico it's just, the name yeah she's it was now it's just like the police yeah <laughs> or like a guy me you're me <laughs> I don't want to say more real but van. definitely very real yeah I actually heard that this story was once told to like a group full of Ministry of Child and Family Development workers, and the whole times they were shitting their pants because they're like, "She's gonna say it. We're fucking think of it at the end." Um, which, yeah, I totally could, would understand that. Yeah. I'd be squirming, and I think I would. You could make a pretty yeah. good comparison between fecalettes and the Canadian government. Yeah, but maybe you need to do some introspection there. Yeah, but then she. Sounds act, sixty I guess scoopy. They, I guess they presented her them all with like beautiful gifts, mm-hmm. and they said, "Help our, help bring our kids home from fecalettes to all the workers, oh, no. to all the social workers." Yeah, <laughs> and I thought that was like pretty crazy and pretty like powerful more mature people than I because I'm pretty mad about the, <laughs> the things and the stuff and I think they were pretty open to like try to find a way to move forward with them I was like damn it's so good I'm not in charge of things yeah <laughs> I mean it comes down to like belief how much do you believe that a system like that can be changed true true the kids changed at least one uh Agency of Thokolitz. Uh, <laughs> one branch. I mean, fire is very cleansing. Yeah. True. Didn't get rid of those mosquitoes, though. Mosquitoes. <laughs> Fucking mosquitoes. You know, there's other stories about mosquitoes from Shemanis that... Yeah, I've, I don't know. Very well may could have been our fault because, you know, you kill a cougar, it turns into fucking mosquitoes. Yeah, for know? us it was birds. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you don't know why you guys got the birds and we get the fucking mosquitoes. <laughs> what do you guys think, like, as far as... I don't know if we even need to go there, but... Like, do you think Tokelets is, like, a demon creature out there? Do you think it, you know, is it a spiritual being? Is it a mistaken, mistaken case of an animal taking the blame? Um, I wouldn't say animal, but, like, maybe, like... Do you like think it's a giant monster ogre woman? Like, a monster, like, just a What's that thing that, that syndrome, like, gigantosism? Oh, gigantosism, yeah. Could be. You get that big face, like I the guy from the giant. mask. <laughs> Everybody like yeah. a peanut. <laughs> I can't do that. But, but you know how he did it yeah. though when he first saw that yeah, and we were saying on that movie? It was pretty good. <laughs> it's like Andrea the Giant. It's actually a misidentity of his sister. Right? Yeah. I have to tell you, that's my girl. <laughs> do you think like it could just be like human on human violence and this is us just like some giant woman who loves to eat? <laughs> She's like, yeah. <laughs> but that does sound actually... Fish. That does sound like kind of like Sasquatchy though too, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think people yeah. call her Sasquatch too. Oh, yeah. hey, that's pretty far. Thokolets, like loosely translated, is like wild woman. So it's kind of sometimes like a catch-all term. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like there's 
Thokolet's sometimes she's back, and there's two of them this time, and it's like, Thokolet's back for more. And she brought her sister. And she brought her sister. Fresh out of therapy. (laughs) Like, like, think back in the day, you know, this this story is following what I'm assuming was a hard and gray winter. I could assume that, like, you know, someone who lives in the woods, in, like, a creepy hut removed from all society in the middle of, like, the Pacific Northwest 2,000 years ago... She might get the hunger for meat. I mean, human kid meat. I don't know. I don't know, like my buddy. <laughs> but no, I would. I, I think that would be possible. Like you know, the game of like telephone. If it was just like a big woman. Like there, you know, if I was a little kid and like someone who was like, I was like ten and like someone sixteen like came and beat me up or like took me somewhere like I would think they were huge. Mm. Well, like even maybe like a mental health crisis, like someone bit someone. Mm-hmm. And then that gets retold and retold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? They could have just been being like laterally violent, like down in Staminus. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gonna try this one again. I heard. Now I heard. <laughs> Staminus territory. My mom. She say. She says she shall be tall. You know how tall she is. How tall was five. she? She's five two. <laughs> That's tall. That's, That's tall good. for Shell Beach. That's <laughs> <laughs> tall for Shell Beach. We're paddling people. Lots of sitting around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indians sitting around, eh? We're shocker. <laughs> Close to the ground, scavenging. Uh, scavenging it's easier territory. to bend over and get your lunch. Listen, we got a skipper. We make him do all the work. <laughs> Yeah. No, listen, our magic, yeah, our magic, you hit the drum, you go. You're, you're done. <laughs> I'm being laterally violent. Do you think the introduction of the firearm had much to do with, like, a decrease in Thokolet sightings? Or do you think she's still out there waiting for children? I think kids don't play outside enough anymore, and I think mm. we really need to get into that culture. True. Land-based <laughs> education. Thoglitz is them damn iPhones. <laughs> hey, fuck. <laughs> damn iPhones. <laughs> like, there are so many unknowns about that time. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the oral history and the, like, who's to say there wasn't? I mean, maybe now we know it as, as giganticism, but, like, mm-hmm. some gigantic person yep. that decided, I'm bigger than everybody. Like Paul Coffey from the Green Mile. Just a huge guy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, but I, and I think, like, yeah. Like, like big we kind of joked about it, but, like, a lot of the Shamanist people are pretty yeah. squad of a build. It's like, just, sure. And I think, like, historically smaller, right? Yeah. It could, yeah. Like, a big, you could be, if someone's six foot and I'm like, Four or three or something. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say five. <laughs> okay, yeah. You went with the four. I don't know why I went four, but let's go five. If you're like five two, and someone's like seven foot. That's like, that's be a monster. Yeah. yeah, and that's rare too. Yeah. So it would be like, like Shaquille O'Neal in his prime picks up your kid and throws it in a backpack to eat. <laughs> yeah. First of all, that's balling as hell to think about. But secondly, that'd be scary. I mean, also going to the side of the spectrum of, you know multiple dimensions of mm. life on other planets of um like all of these all of these unknowns mm. where we have different dimensions and maybe they're merging at points oh, maybe like, that maybe there is another dimension of where it still happens giant people mm. or giant 
creatures or monsters or things. things. So like yeah. 2012, like collider type stuff. Things like. in areas where yeah, but real, like indigenous. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> like uh, ghosts mm-hmm. and what what that could be, or like what could, people could be experiencing, and mm-hmm. what if those were merging from, or what if there were like moments where those those dimensions those universes coexisted for a moment hmm. and what if you couldn't get back like you're stuck or something yeah Wait. starting in kids if I yeah. was lost that's the first thing I'd do but depending on your we'll say quote unquote belief so that belief puts that intention out so mm-hmm. if I know if someone believes I'm radiating that type of EMP energy or whatever or, or mm-hmm. like intention out to the universe and if things saw that or seen that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if someone like like when you're looking at someone they know you're looking at you they'll look yeah. back right? oh yeah so they'll true, be aware yeah. you can walk someone like look someone across the room I did it today actually mm-hmm. <laughs> but no if you stare at somebody in public like I do sometimes um, <laughs> they'll eventually look right at you knowing that you, you were looking at them mm-hmm. so yeah. I'm thinking that type of translation over to yeah. Uh, multiversal or a different type of planes of existence. Mm-hmm. Singing too, like, kind of on that note, like, you know, when you walk into a room and someone's like angry in that room and yeah. you can just like feel yeah. that shitty, sick energy around you and it's just like, like you know, it's like it's as if someone's got a speaker turned up in the corner and mm-hmm. it's just playing like <laughs> subliminal rage in your direction. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly turning it up. Yeah. Just below your human sound is just, and, yeah, I could see like if you concentrate, you know, all the f- things in that forest are so old and like mm-hmm. and the lands and the mountains and everything like mm-hmm. all those relations of you know every day there's a bear giving a horrible death to a deer and like mm-hmm. and the people interacting with the world like maybe that all just like channels into like here's some nature manifestation for you that yeah you like, can't understand <laughs> well i mean if you think about it how much of quote unquote logic is protection if you don't like we're saying like if you believe in that thing you can feel it but if you choose not to believe in that thing then you don't feel it there anymore Mm. true and that was backed up in a science class i took one time and i learned about uh placebos so i think i feel it (laughs) i sold them that fucking fake weed (laughs) super high embarrassed myself at so many parties as a kid drinking non-alcoholic beer (laughs) tell you you can believe anything and things will get real have you ever pissed your pants (laughs) (laughs) don't you hate it when you piss your pants and you're about to go to your friend's house (laughs) i did it today actually yeah how do you hide that yeah this episode brought to you by Huggies. <laughs> Depends. Adult diapers. When nature calls, take a message. Available. Ultra slim. Slim. <laughs> Ultra. Super Ultra slim. slim. You won't even know they're on. Yeah. Tough to pin down what, like, Filky Let's was. Yeah. Or is. You know, I was reading through, like, her, uh... Biography? Her biography, yeah. (laughs) Autobiography. (laughs) Her Dungeons & Dragons character sheet, in case the boys ever want to slay one. And, uh, she actually has a pretty cool, like, uh... Laundry list of, like, definitely a huge KD. Uh, (laughs) 1.0. Yeah. Definitely. 
Could you imagine if this was just a misunderstanding and she wanted to cook for some kids? Like seriously, who were lost legit. Alone in the dark. She's like, "I'll take care of you. Come on, we'll go home. We'll cook all these rotten fish." That language I language barrier. Yeah. I'm gonna cook you kids. Yeah. Me cook you kids. Yeah, some yeah. old lady just trying her best. <laughs> yeah. like now, and a bunch of kids just push her in the fire, <laughs> brutally kill her. Well, yeah, they're the heroes. Um, but among her powers that I thought was really interesting... Oh, his powers? Yeah, she had powers. Like, she had, like, these supernatural abilities. Uh, one was, um, the ability to heal and, re- like, regenerate. Like, she's got, like, this, like, Wolverine... Yeah. I was gonna say adamantium yeah. skeleton. Not like. the skeleton, but she's definitely got that healing factor like of, instance, like... almost You slash instant. her and so, she'll go off and... She doesn't have that... But she has that... Oh yeah, and then she just does one of these like ah, and like breaks her spine and back into like perfect posture. You scare like, the shit out of you. it sounds like the basis of like every generic horror movie. Every she's definitely up there. I think yeah. like yeah. Oh yeah, I can see that like a shotgun like, blast. Like all of the like creaky bones, like kind of monsters, like the rigid yeah, one, big lanky creaky. Yeah, that's so true. That was definitely Thiekelitz, and I think it's about time they start paying some reparations on that. No it's kidding, theft right? of intellectual property, if yeah. you ask me. But to who? To, well, I mean... Well, send all your money to my house. Yeah, okay, I'm right here, and it, conveniently, I have your checkbook in my pocket. Um, the couch story is but real. One, <laughs> hey! Just kidding, we're all couching. Yeah. Yeah. You ever been bit by a mosquito? <laughs> you ever been bit by a bird? Probably not. You don't think it's real? Tell me, mosquitoes? Riddle, true or false? Same answer. Um, one thing I thought was uh, pretty interesting was that she can actually resurrect from the dead. So that explains, like, everyone's got Sokolet's mm. story. So. so not only do are we owed reparations for all of the <laughs> monsters, but also zombies. Zombies. Um. So that means like, they someone killed it, or her, or hit. Or well, no. back before. Or they're telling the it was turned into mosquitoes. Oh, because it's fucking kids. Well, that's yeah. Yeah, our thick yeah, turned into beautiful birds. Which one's that? The killed our thick lids, right? No, you didn't. They're mosquitoes. Well, you know, we killed most of her. Mess with you every summer. Which one's the total pole one? She just eats like a little bit of me. And then just like a little taste of the blood. You kind of start to like bond with that idea. And then you just think of like Thiekelitz's big boobies. And you're like, oh, okay. Swinging. Heavies. Help yourself. Oh, sorry. Well, how come you got Thiekelitz birds? I don't know. Because we added the boobies into the story. Yeah, it's true. You guys were honoring the female form. Oops. The funny thing is, it probably comes just from, like, one guy. Just one guy. We're trying to be scary, tell the stories, and her tits are, like, sparking. This episode brought to you by that one elder. <laughs> the one you'd stay away from. Yeah. <laughs> Showed up to the elders, not allowed to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm chiming in here after the fact, but I would feel weird posting this episode without some sort of disclaimer. While we poke fun, we did hit on a serious endemic issue within our communities, and I don't want anyone listening to think we don't also take it seriously. The way stories are told change over time, and it would be ridiculous to think they haven't been changed and altered by settler colonialism. In all likelihood, like in the story, Thokowitz was naked, but so would have many people and creatures been at the time, and it wouldn't have been a big deal. 
Likely, the only reason it was of note in the one elder story was due to the introduction of Christian ideas of morality surrounding nudity, especially those of indigenous women, femmes, gender-fluid, non-binary folks, and others outside the circle of cis male privilege. Of note is how the monstrous Tokolots is immoral, or somehow even more monstrous, due to their nudity. I'd also like to mention that while we poke fun at elders in this segment, it is only with a shared understanding that due to settler colonialism and the introduced patriarchal ideals, it has become common for shitty cis indigenous men to be upheld within communities, and there is a discussion to be had around who we, in our communities, revere and hold up. A common thread throughout families, communities, and nations is that we all know that one elder. Knowing this, it is our responsibility to speak up about their behavior and call harm for what it is. I have heard many discussions of older versus elder, and we are specifically talking about the older in this scenario. To summarize, we're learning as we go, and we just want to recognize that there are shared understandings between us as a group that may not necessarily translate in these bite-sized segments. Will we play into the part we do not endorse any of the actions or words of the older in the segment that we are parodying. I'd like to send a special shout out to my partner, Jasmine Dion, for informing me a lot on my understandings of Indigenous and intersectional feminisms. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming. I enjoyed And yeah, maybe, uh, although, you know, Shemanus, we killed Toklitz. They turned into mosquitoes, so it couldn't have been that hard. There's billions of them. We killed her much harder because mosquitoes are smaller than birds. There are more mosquitoes than birds. You can do the math. (laughs) Okay, so back to Scary Guy? I think so. That's a nice wrap-up. Yeah. Okay. I forgot how I did it. Just regular, though. No, like... This is <laughs> no, not K- KYBW balls. Give me a call. <laughs> Can I do the scary guy? <laughs> Come on. Okay, <clears throat> scary guy. Can we turn the lights off? They're off. They're off. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that to me. <laughs> Thanks for the support. That's what support looks Look like. Me in the eyes. Right? <laughs> and with that, I think we will conclude tonight's discussion on Basketwoman, a horrible creature, thankfully slain by the Ojibwe band of children. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> That's stolen valor. Wait a minute. This is for Scott Kaleno. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but yeah, I'm down. And with that, I think we will conclude tonight's discussion on Basketwoman, a horrible creature thankfully slain by the brave band of children. However, perhaps we must not so easily let our children out free these nights. Perhaps Thokolitz is still out there, thirsting for flesh, because although she may be defeated this time, Basketwoman may return, wielding her powers of resurrection to feast again. Good night, everybody. Ah, hey. <laughs> Don't yell at me. <laughs> Why don't you go back where you came from, studios.com. <laughs>
so land back and not in the nice way. <laughs> like where we steal from your Walmart. <laughs> hey, I didn't do that. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> yes. Oh,